Welcome to the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast, a podcast so great it'll tear the pants right off your hind end. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Ryan Othis. You can find me online at bettertattooing.com, the Better Tattooing shop in Portland, Oregon, and our YouTube, Better Tattooing. My co-host is Brian Matthew. You can find him at the Tailored Fit Tattoo Gallery in Rogers, Arkansas, or online, Brian Matthew Illustrations, Brian Matthew Tattoos, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And someone is racing down the street at high speed. Anyways, today, oh boy, do we have a show for you. We have Carrie Barba on the show. I know. I know. How in the hell did we get that happen? I have no idea. But Carrie is, by far and above, one of the fucking coolest people that I have ever met. Like, she just exudes cool, you know? I mean, even past the fact that, like, the more you learn about her, you go online, research, read about her, that she's just done so many amazing things over the years you'd figure that it would go to your head, you know? But no, she's just chill. That's awesome. So, Brian and I had a ton of fun recording with her, and this is uh, all part of that tattoo history. So so pay attention, all of you people who are tattoo, you know, I don't know, aficionados or artists or collectors or whatever, because this is like, this is a good lesson on how to be when you do this this job for as long as she has like it's it's amazing anyways it's our plugs if you want to go ahead and support the show you can head over to our buy me a coffee page we've got a link in the show description you can give us money and even though we don't have any spiffs right now uh we're thinking about opening some stuff up when we hit episode oh, probably 40 or something like that and uh so yeah if you give us money now you're just giving it to us because you're cool and we appreciate it we've gotten a few donations over the past couple months it was really 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 appreciated from uh, the people who did that as well as if you are listening pause right now go leave us a review we, we 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 love reviews it makes us more popular on the charts for all the podcast players i don't know how it works i think it's some algorithm thing or something but when you do it more people can listen to the show which i don't even know how many people find us on search i think it's just word of mouth right now so if you're telling your friends dude everyone out there high five that was me high-fiving you thank you so much for spreading the word and uh, yeah, anyways, I'll stop rambling now and enjoy the show. This is Carrie Barba. Awesome. Welcome to Arkansas. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello carrie's on here waiting for the uh, audio to connect there we go there we go there we go hi That's good morning good morning how are you doing doing well doing well good we got our, our 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 talking voices worked out a little bit yeah this i'm is... working on that let's see <laughs> i'm getting the Trying to get the height right, you know. Uh, That's that always the hard part. <laughs> and the volume. Uh, you too, like Brian is is up here too. Uh, I'm Ryan, by the way. Nice to meet you. Good morning. <laughs> you guys have like this early morning culture thing, and like I feel like I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> where what where are you? What time is it? Uh, I'm in Portland. Uh, Oregon. Oh, okay. All right, so you're over here with me. Yeah, yeah. same thing. I'm like, Straight up. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm a, I usually wake up about 6.30-ish, you know, so it isn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. 
That's wild. I, I keep like my, my average workday, I'll go into like, I don't know, midnight or one o'clock. And so it's just like heavy. And now yeah, I woke up, I'm like, oh, I had two cups of coffee and baby cups today. So oh, nice. <laughs> baby cups, <laughs> baby cups. That's, <laughs> Dude, that's seriously, funny. It's 360 cups. So these are double wall insulated, right? And they cost like 15 bucks and they have a spill proof bladder on top. So I've, I have a sippy cup that I drink my coffee out of. Everyone's like, are you drinking you out go. of baby cups? There you like, go. Yeah, dude. They're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and, and talking <clears throat> yeah, with no us. Yeah, no problem. This is, this is really cool. We're, we're trying to find everyone who has some branch to like the history of all of this stuff come and talk with us this year because uh, it's it seems at least to, to us that there's there's not a whole lot of looking back now, you know? You're right. And, You're right. Uh, there isn't a lot of history looking back anymore. You know, a lot of it is getting lost, but, you know, times change. And so you don't want to always look back. You just want to learn from looking back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I figured I had a, one of the people I work with do some research on you and they're like, yeah, Carrie is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that part, but it's like, uh as uh my friend sees and she's like man she's fucking cool dude she's cool and i'm like right on that's cool thanks i appreciate that <laughs> yeah uh so i guess we'll go ahead and just go ahead and get started here do you have any like <clears throat> do we need to do it like do you have a time frame for when you need to get out of here make sure that uh, don't get too crazy yeah i got a couple hours you know okay. is that cool yeah. yeah that's perfect great uh this is like our one of our first like proper professional interviews here past like talking okay. to scientists because like you know, they're just scientists and who gives a shit about that and we're uh, <laughs> we're recording right not live yeah not live okay no. yeah okay. it's all recorded that's always, that's always good because then you can fix things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and brian will tell you like that happens a lot especially with me my i tend to just you know talk he's the he's the quiet one and uh well, thoughtful. I shouldn't say quiet. Sorry, Brian. I'm temporary. <laughs> okay. He's got the coffee going too. Oh, dude. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> Are you in a coffee? Is he in a coffee shop? No, this is my tattoo shop. Oh, it is. And, wow. And, uh, it looks like a very. It looks tattoo. like a almost like a coffee shop for a second. <clears throat> wow, cute. Yeah, I didn't run to the studio. It's a little early, so I was like, uh, if I I could go down there, you know, but then I. As soon as people start walking in, because everybody kind of works early, you know, now uh, after our COVID break, uh, you know, people have adjusted their schedules. So some don't start till three, but like some of us start at like nine, nine thirty, you know, so we're yeah. in there tattooing by nine, nine thirty. Some of them, I have one girl comes in sometimes eight o'clock and I'm like, I can't find a quiet window at the shop, you know, anymore. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, so uh, we avoid that. How many people do you have working at your shop? Uh, I think there's 12 right now. Cheesy, crazy, yeah. right on. <clears throat> well, a it, there's a lot. It seems like a lot, right? But uh, then, you know, again, after after this break we had, you know, people's lifestyles have changed a bit. So, you know, I, I have a, a few artists who are, you know, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then other ones who have been like, um, they need less work. You know, they don't want to work as much. You know, they want to more of a balance. So, you know, some of them come in a, a few times a week 
and some of them try to work as much as they can. So it just depends on the artist. Everybody kind of, and we've left it very free like that. So everybody comes and goes as they want. That's cool. <clears throat> we were actually just talking about that before you opt on with the, and I was wondering if, what the age range is, the people who are go-getters versus not, because we were, we were literally just talking mm. about how the younger people seem less enthused to, and they don't have very much pride in their work anymore. So they go on, they're just like, ah, I don't want to be here. And we're like, let's just go get a yeah, new job. Yeah, no, that's, that is the <laughs> life, right? Um, I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, roughly. Definitely. But my, yeah, so my son, my son tattoos also, you know, and he's here right now visiting from Colorado. He moved out to Colorado just a little bit ago and he's got the go-getter, right? Like he works his ass off, you know, he's always working. He works six days a week. He works long days. Um, same thing I used to do. I'm still working five days, you know, it's five days a week. Sometimes I'm working here and there. I've popped in a couple of six days just because, you know, my, my crew is three dayers, you know, so yeah. I, got, I got a few who work a four or five, but you know, it's, it's more rare. And uh, yeah, the, the younger generation definitely has a more split lifestyle than, than I say we did growing up. Yeah. Right. I, work-life balance wasn't something that I was raised to believe in. <laughs> no, no. Just, work, work, work. You can have a balance later. <laughs> yeah. You work until you're 65, then you go on cruises. That's what happens, right? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so get into the questions. Hopefully those were all right for you when I sent them across. Sorry about the weird formatting thing, too. I don't know technology. No, it's fine. So, um, so why don't you tell us? who you are, how long you've been tattooing, and where you work. So. Gosh, too long. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, my name's Carrie Barba, and I own Outer Limits Tattoo, and we have two locations right now. I've been tattooing for, this will be my 44th year, wow. so yeah, you start to feel it. Let me tell you, you know, you start <laughs> feeling it around 10 years, right? So each uh, year it gets a little bit more and Anyway, so 44 years, I started in 79 is when I did my first tattoo. And I know the majority of the people listening to this weren't born yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I start to feel a little old, you know, That's neat. but it's, <laughs> jeez, man. Yeah, I know, like... I know. It's a long time. I think about it and I'm like, gosh, 44 years, like, you know, your average jobs, you know, you work wherever at corporate, whatever, then uh, you at 20 years, you're pretty much getting, you know, pension and retiring. Yeah. And we don't have that, you know. No. So in our job, we go as long as we can, yeah. you know, and just, just keep on moving, right? Keep on moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep going until your back is like this and you can't, you can't oh, really yeah. do anything anymore. Right. I see yeah. you have good posture though. So like, <laughs> uh, I have this chair that leans back, you know, <laughs> the bouncy chair. <laughs> uh, oh man. I guess that there's a, there's a dude in Vancouver, Washington who owns Columbia tattoos. And I think he's been tattooed for like 68 years and oh, shit. he's just, when he in, I forget his name. He's super nice dude, but it's, it's like the last vestige of a street shop in, in the Pacific Northwest. You walk wow. in, it's got the black and white, you know, like floors, it smells like bleach. And you're going, yeah, super clean, flash racks still up on the walls, no custom anything. Just come and pick a design and get out. It's a hundred bucks no an hour. Kidding. And he's he slays too, like still, but I mean, wow. he's like, ah, <laughs> you go and he looks like yeah, he's dying. 68 like, years. Oh, what is he? He's got to be in his 80s. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's still well, going. I guess, you know, Rick Walters was, you know, he was up there a bit. There's been a few people like that who were still going, you know, uh, in 70s, 80s, you know. I don't know if I can do that. I'm 40 now. I've yeah. been tattooing for like 20 years. And my body's like, yeah. maybe you need to start thinking about something else. But <laughs> yeah, a lot of people switch out, you know, it gets to your body for sure. I think that's where people started saying, okay, I'm going to invent a product, you know. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a cream that helps you heal. You know, I'm going to come up with something to uh, yeah. do with tattooing, you know, so it's still in the industry, but I'm not going to have to tattoo as much anymore. And that's yeah. where all those products yeah. come from that we have. The big innovations. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was just thinking about taking a bath and back teen and seeing if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I'll put that on TikTok. Although all of a sudden we found out this morning that my TikTok, what what was it, Brian? It it was it current. was currently inactive or something. <laughs> it, it was previously okay, currently it inactive. Really <laughs> it was weird. They just canceled my. So thing you, you really know when you're older when you don't do TikTok. You know, no. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want I, to do that. You know, no, I've been on TikTok for two days. And it was just to upload um, videos and I just put them on there and I left. And I usually like once a month, I'll go and just like dump like four videos on for some of the theory stuff that we do at the, the office here. And then it's just been was currently suspended. That was it. Was currently. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so I'm non separative person. I apologize. I, I don't have ADHD. We tested it. It's just I'm, I'm weird no um, that's fine <laughs> it makes it interesting so <laughs> <laughs> see we want Hatter. everything like you know that's not our business right no i i'm like this all the time i like dance and stuff i'm always like high energy at the shop brian is like a zen monk he's always okay. like what he's doing right now he's that's, drawing yeah well i am uh when i start to <laughs> tattoo i zen out you know uh, um i have to i have to always uh apologize to my clients first because I get so you know narrow vision into the tattoo that you know conversation and tattoo at the same time can be difficult for me right so I explain to them you know hey I have a tendency to get really quiet so you know here's a iPad here's some Netflix you know zone out you know watch (laughs) a movie yourself yeah right listen to your music and you know there's a little conversation here and there but I if I talk the whole time I have to stop, right? Uh, and then I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm wasting time, yeah, you know? Yeah. So so I do that and then I'm like, let's take a break. We talk for a minute in the break, you know, get a little snack, whatever, go back to it. You know, kind of do it that way. It makes it easier. That's, that's smart. I do. I work on my stand-up routine while I'm tattooing. So there you go. that's not, totally that's not entirely smart. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, totally the opposite. <laughs> yeah, my, my idea of like taking a break during the tattoo is I want to get as far away from the client as I can. <laughs> and it's it's not for like any mean reason, but like um, no, you need the personal moment, right? Stimulation of having to like be tattooing, listening to music, listening to their conversation, etc. I just have to get as far away from all of that as I can to get a reset button and then come back. Yeah. Uh, We have a little lunchroom in our shop, you know, so I ditch in there, have a little (laughs) snack, drink some water, and every single break I get on my foam roller. So I'm like, I cannot bring my client in there, you know, because I'm down on the floor. I'm doing my back, you know, doing my foam roller. I'm like, we have these, like, all these 
let me help my body tools in the little lunchroom. So oh. somebody's in there like popping with a, those S hook things yeah. and somebody's doing that. And that's you know, so smart, man. It's good. I usually just like, really stop. I, everything is already so fucking crazy in the shop. Anyways, I'll stand up cause we have spa music on normally, you know, it just like helps people just kind of mellow out. But I'll put on yeah. like Mashuga and like turn it up really loud. And I just like, yeah, and my class is like, Jesus Christ. Listen to me. And then I like, go to the back. I'm like, Wake oh my you God, up a little back. bit. Yeah. No wonder Ooh. your back hurts. <laughs> yeah. I think I blew out my knee or at least like strained my meniscus last week because I was being so just crazy at the okay, show. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Just <laughs> going to take a side road for a second because yeah. you mentioned that. And last June, um, we had a couple of friends over and we, we my, one of my friends kept turning on different weird music just to see how we would dance to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we, we uh, and, and you know, we're all in our 60s, right? So we're like, we turn it on and I'm walking through the living room doing this little dance pop. I... I severed my ACL, I tore my oh. meniscus, <laughs> and I broke a, a baker cyst in the back of my knee all in one oh, second. No. So take it easy on those little movements. Because oh my gosh. It, yeah. Oh. So I, yeah, I was down I, for, I was down for a while. Geez, yeah. Hearing that makes me want to scream, like in pain, just for you. I'm like, ah, geez. You know, it's so <laughs> weird too, because I didn't feel anything. It was so strange and I heard it. And I looked down at my leg and I was like, oh, shit, that isn't good, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I tried to walk and I couldn't walk, you know? So oh. I'm like, <clears throat> and uh, it, they thought I broke it at first. And it took like a month to figure out it wasn't broken. So I'm in this like straight tattooing with my leg in the air, straight out, you know, like this in this splint thing and it was it was ridiculous you know and people are like what are you doing here and i'm like well i have clients you know <laughs> i have to take care of my clients you don't anyway. want to rebook like two years worth of work because you can't miss a like a week right now exactly go yeah. i i got hit by a car once uh riding my bike home from work <laughs> and i broke my elbow and my knee because the guy oh, ran God. me over and i was at work the next day <laughs> oh god see that's <clears throat> like that's what we do right screaming we, and picking up my arm you know because <laughs> we don't have like oh i'm gonna use my sick time and uh my health insurance <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got some pretty shit in ppo that's for sure. yeah. <laughs> i don't have a oh, 401k anyway. you know right exactly uh, <laughs> oh, okay yeah <clears throat> sorry so, for the side road <laughs> no that's we are all about non sequiturs. This is like the best. Um, okay, so what's up with your shop? Like, um, I remember reading about it here, and it's like one of the oldest shops in in North America. Is that correct? Yeah, super lucky. So, huh. we're the oldest shop in the total of Americas, and the second oldest in the whole world. So, oh, wow. there's one older shop in Europe that I think it edges us by like six years. But our shop was started in 1927. In the, in the Pike area of, of Long Beach, which is, it used to be a really heavy naval port, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, got a lot of military coming through. But the shop was open in 27 and has continually run that whole time. And um, prior to us acquiring the shop, so we acquired it in 2003, and it was the Shaw family who had the shop before that. So... Um, and it was left to Bob Shaw by Burt Grimm. So prior wow. to that, it was called The Professionals. So the, there's a long history of tattoo artists there. 
and uh, a lot of really well-known tattoo artists came out of there. So it's a it's pretty well-known shop. We get a lot of visitors all the time who come in uh, just to check it out, you wow. know. And uh, when we came into it in 2003, um, the Shaw family actually owned the space, you know. So we first had to purchase the the space. And then it was like, okay, um, we own it. Now what do we do? We're out of money, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> now what? So it took us a minute, you know, to get it all redone. The city's like, well, it's a, it's an old building. The building was built in 1921. So wow. it's the last remaining single piece of the pike. So the pike used wow. to be a, a huge amusement area. So it had all these rides and it had, you know, you know, those little arcade things and, all this stuff all over and the military and families and everybody would just swarm the area, you know, eat hot dogs and ride rides and, <laughs> uh, and do all that. Um, we were the, the Pike area was actually the first one to have Dole pineapple juice. That's kind of a funny history <laughs> part. But that's, that's where uh, Dole pineapple juice came from. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, so we had to redo the shop. We had to do, the the rerun the plumbing and rerun the electrical and do a Asbestos lot of things like that. abatement. <laughs> All of that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were lucky because we knew somebody who used to do that for a living, you know. But uh, we tried to keep it as natural as possible to the original building. So all the stuff that had been put in, like there was a bunch of you know paneling and drop ceiling and all that, we ripped yeah. it all out went down to the raw building and left that and then just added in any walls we needed, you know, and kind of out of flair, but kind of kept the naval, naval feel to it, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've seen some pictures yeah, of the inside. It's a cool. really beautiful shop, but it is. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah thanks. So yeah. We, uh, comfy. we were lucky during that breakdown we had also, we had that break. So we redid our floors. So the floors were originally from the twenties, you know, no kidding. We had the, <clears throat> They were cement, but they had like grooves cut in them. And it, you know, it got so porous over all the years, you just could not keep it clean, right? So we're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> redo the floor. <laughs> so we did the cement, you know, and polished it all up and did that. Wow. But That's yeah, cool. so <laughs> wow, like a lot me. of history, a lot of great artists came out of there. You wow. know, we got the Bob Shaw, of course, and then his two sons, Larry and Bobby. And we have uh, Don Nolan came through there Ed Hardy came through there, you know, gosh, you could go on for years and name wow. the number of artists in, in the pike too, because that's where Lyle Tuttle worked. That's where uh, Mark Mahoney came from. Uh, Jack Rudy worked down there with uh, good time, Charlie, you know, it's wow. kind of the spring off of black and gray work. Mm -hmm. started so there there's with, something with... in the water there is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah wow so it's like the something. the origin point of the like west coast heritage of tattooing right exactly like that that was the yes. mecca oh wow yeah yep. that's really neat how, how does it feel stepping into that like taking that over because i mean like you seem it's like so you're trippy. more than qualified dude so <laughs> it's so funny because at the beginning it was uh really really nerve-wracking like rick came to me and he's like hey carrie you know the shahs are trying to sell the shop i think you should buy it and i'm like oh no <clears throat> no way i was i was running three other shops at the time and i was oh, like God. i can't 
I can't do another shop. It's too much, you know? Yeah. And he's like, he kept asking me. And finally I'm like, I drove by the shop one day just to kind of glance at it and everything was out of there. Right. And yeah. I, I heard, and then I called and I'm, he's like, yeah, they closed it. They closed it down. They, everybody took everything. It's empty just a shell, right? The only thing left that we could see was in the windows, right at the front door, there's these two windows they took out and there was a painting of a ship and a painting of an eagle, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh my God, okay. So I made some calls really quick and uh, we decided we needed to get the shop at that time, you know, cause wow. I was like, the history's disappearing. Yeah. You know, it's all the history is right here. And nobody, nobody who worked there took it. And I was hoping somebody wow. would, like Rick would run it or something. But I think it felt too much for them at the time. I think that what happened is the city started tearing everything down around. So the old pike, they demolished it in 79. The only thing left of the pike area, this amusement park area, is the shop itself because wow. it's at the bottom floor of a 12-story building where people live right yeah. so they couldn't tear down the building right so everything in the whole area is being flattened and they're yeah. building you know here here's an apartment building here's apartment <clears throat> building it's like this little little bitty place and all of a sudden <laughs> pew, 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 all this is happening around it wow you know so the shop the shop needed to be saved i felt and so when I walk in there the first time, I'm like, crap, just imagine how many people touched this doorknob, uh, yeah. you know, how That's many people heavy. walked on this floor, right? Uh, it was so cool to walk in there. And then when we started doing the work in the building, you know, we had to end up eventually going in the floor. We had to run the electrical, pull the, we had to dig big six by 12 spots in the floor to go down and redo plumbing, you know, uh, underground. Uh, and they're finding all these things down there, you know, from the construction crew, right? <laughs> like, you know, little bottles and little tin cups. We found a little uh, Bible, you know, all these little wow. PC artifacts that were from the era of the 20s. So it was super cool. Oh, you know? that's really neat. Yeah, wow. but it's amazing. And I, I but I, at first I was like, that is too much weight to carry. I thought, I don't think I uh, can carry that much history and do it justice you know i was a little yeah. worried about that because i'm you know i have a terrible memory so i'm like <laughs> okay somebody tells me like oh in 1924 this happened i'm like oh shit i better write that down because someday somebody's <laughs> gonna ask me that you know <laughs> right? uh, so I, i'm bad at that uh, i was really concerned about how i was going to be able to handle it you know yeah yeah luckily enough i think there's a bunch i have a buddy of mine john who lives, owns a shop here in town next to me and uh, he's one of those guys who has like memorized tattoo history. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Bert said this on this day. I'm like, did you weren't even alive? Dang. You know, he's like, trust me, I've got it from good records. You know, he's got like yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you don't have memory, it's fine. I'm pretty sure John can help out. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that would uh, be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, some people, you know, yeah, like Bert, collect Bert used to do some funny things. He was, you know, a lot of the old timers had their funny little sayings, you know, and one thing Bert used to do all the time is he would, in the middle of his tattoo, he would stop 
And he, they, this is what I was told, of course. Uh, he would kick back in his chair and he would start to tell them about how you know you're being tattooed by a world famous guy, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, world famous Bert Grimm. I'm known around the world, blah, blah, blah. And he would tell them the story, which created world famous Bert Grimm, <laughs> you know, right? That's how it happens. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. I got to come up with some backstory for me, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invent a moniker. <laughs> yeah, you need what? What'd you say? You got to invent Why a moniker. Any... Yeah, mm. yeah. You definitely need a story. You got to start saying, you know, kick back and tell them your your story. Uh, that's. I mean, I should do that I, because people call me the Bill Nye of tattooing around me, and I think that that's subjectively awful. So I need to come up with something better. <laughs> there you go scientific research only takes you so far you know there you go yeah that's right that's absolutely right (laughs) you you just expand upon it so you're just quote unquote better than bill nye at tattooing (laughs) i'm better than bill nye at tattooing engineering you know i think he's got a couple more patents than i do that works dude (laughs) yeah well okay so like thinking of the shop now when you look back and you're like having like you said this is a lot of weight to carry like how yeah. did you how did you evolve into that that space where you've gotten comfortable with it over time is it just like immersion therapy or yeah i think so i think it just happened naturally i mean thank goodness for my crew at the time because you know it was an ordeal right uh going in there and having to redo the entire space and the crew all pick, pitched in, you know, so we didn't like hire a guy and say, Hey, remodel the shop. You know, it was basically like, Hey, can you go in and help me do this brick? Can we lay this brick? <laughs> so we, we did, you know, things like uh, that. And we had, we had, you know, some people cutting the wood and, you know, we had wood laying everywhere and some people sanding and some people wow. staining. And so we tried to bring the feel back so that, that helped everybody become a part of it. You know, everybody who worked there at the time became a part of that history. You know, one of the girls who worked there at the time painted a traditional ship in the water on the front floor when you walk in, you know, that kind of thing. And they'd come in in the middle of the night and paint, paint a wall or two, you know, things like that. So that immersion of being in there every day and working with it, you just start to feel it and become part of it. Yeah, you know? claiming the space little by little. You're actually like, it's yeah. not like you're walking into a space that's already done and you have to try to, right? Oh, that's cool. Correct. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> we have well, a good story about one of those moments. Um, yeah. Our We had piercing there at the beginning. So our piercer, he would go in in the middle of the night, you know, because he, he was a night guy. He wanted to paint, you know, like after shift or whatever, where he, he was working at our other shop at the time. And he would go in there and he'd, he didn't want to get his clothes dirty, so he'd get down to his underwear, right? And he'd paint his, in his underwear. He's back there painting walls. And we had been told there's a, you know, another side story, but we have a resident ghost, right, in the shop. Oh, right on. You know, who used to be an apprentice at the shop, but sometime we found out later. But anyway, he's in there. And he's scared to death of this whole situation. So <laughs> he starts cursing at the ghost, you know, telling the ghost, babe, you know, cursing at him, telling him, hey, leave me that alone, all this stuff, you <laughs> know, kind underwear. of thing while he's painting the wall. <laughs> that said, the ghost 
rip the earring right out of his ear. Like this stuff was happening, you know, I'm swear <laughs> to God, this stuff was happening. What? So he goes, he's in his underwear, runs out of the <laughs> shop, runs to the payphone down the street, calls me. Carrie, you have to get down there right now. I'm not freaking going back in there. That mother effing, you know, ghost is in there and I'm not going in there. He ripped the earring out of my ear. And he's like, tell me it's bleeding and all this stuff. He goes, my clothes are in there. The doors are all open. The lights are on. He's like, I'm not going back. You know, it, it, Funny stuff like that used to happen. But so we had to kind of do a, we had a construction guy who was a medium he he kind of What's camped that? out there for a week and did a cleansing no shit. you know and uh, communicated with the ghost right so that we could coexist you know <laughs> holy that's cow. when we found out who he was that he was an apprentice um guy who used to work at the shop and unfortunately had a misfortune accident while doing um some substances he shouldn't have been oh. doing you know, yeah. and he kind of smothered himself, right? Oh. And uh, so that guy ended up being our like we we I'd go in really early, like six or seven in the morning, and I'd be like, you see this little figure walk by me, you know, kind of, you know, in your peripheral, you just kind yeah, of see yeah. it, and I turn around, and I'm like, oh, he's here, you know. But it <laughs> became like he was just there. And uh, we were there and everything was fine after that. But wow. very interesting story about redoing the shop. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. That's so I'm glad I feel like I, I would have just made him the shop mascot at that point. Just by yeah. Or anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At one point we were trying to do some I had an apprentice doing some research on the shop and she was like you know, researching and finding names. And she goes, I wonder if it's this guy, if this is his name, you know, and showed me a picture of him. And I'm like, it, it probably was, you know, mm. because there, how many people actually have that kind of accident at your shop building, you mm -hmm. know? Right. Yeah. This used to be the, uh, the all American stovetop autoclaves that exploded you know <laughs> oh yeah i don't think the one they had when we got there worked <laughs> it was kind of rusted stuff. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that's so great yeah i never heard of one of the exploding they exploded yeah we had oh, one explode oh, um explode all the time yeah oh, there's one God. in uh barry ontario canada that ended up taking out a building <laughs> oh my god well i'm glad that didn't happen yeah, we used yeah. to when I was when I was first apprenticing, we had one of those in the back. It was like tall, you had a hot plate. And they were like, gave me a crescent wrench. And they're like, when it gets up to this, you got to just tap it oh. open a little bit. You know, and make sure that it doesn't go above this line or it'll explode. I'm like, what? What is oh, this wow. fucking thing? And they're like, have fun. And then just left the shop, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like yeah. getting burnt trying to. You I know, think like, there was a lot of auto. <laughs> At least you had one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, oh. I guess you're not, you've been tattooing 20 years. So, um, yeah, let's go back 49. You know, when, when I started yeah. tattooing, I, I didn't want to put needle to skin until we had a, some way to sterilize a needle, you know. So we did do that. But I know that at the time, the majority of tattoo artists did not work that way. They reused mm. the needles until they were dull, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember. 
I remember That's this so one good. tattoo artist, he used, we went to go visit in, in out here in California and he had like a, like a 10 gallon fish tank sit next to his station. It was filled with water and that was his rinse thing, right? <laughs> so he would just rinse up and rinse in there, uh, rinse out his needle, but he never changed that water. <laughs> you know, it was just disgusting. It was slimy and gooey and, you know, like caked up ink in the bottom, yeah. right? Oh. Just shake it in there and go to the next color. And I was like, oh my God, oh, God. this is disgusting, right? It's like, it's like <laughs> stories of the shave buckets back in the day where you didn't have plumbing. So they bring in a bucket of water, they'd shave everyone into it. So you want to be first right. in the door. Otherwise, right. you get you get that rinse bucket with a bootstrap and some some needle to make sure it's sharp, right? Shave into the bucket, grab a rag, yep. and wipe you down. <laughs> it's the same thing with tattooing. You know, they had that, just like that, uh, little you know painting that's so famous right with the guy sitting there he's got a bucket down there they got a sponge in it yeah you know this wasn't my era it was prior to my area but uh, they would you know just take that same sponge rinse the skin grab the same needle go for it mm -hmm. next guy sits down same sponge you know rinse it off same needle go yeah. for it you know do you yeah. know when disposable gloves came into play I, for us i do yeah yeah well i thought i did because I thought I was the, uh, I believed always that I was the first person to wear disposable gloves for tattooing. So in 1983, we opened our shop in Anaheim. Yeah. And within, within that year, I was like, I am disgusted by this feeling on my hands, you know? So I'm like, this is so gross. This drying blood and ink on my hands. I'm wondering if I could wear gloves like the doctors do, and then I'll just take them off, you right. know? So I go to the drugstore and I buy a box of these gloves, you know, and I said, this is heaven, right? <laughs> and then I'm like tattooing and I'm like, oh shoot, what if I put a baggie or a plastic over my bottle, then I don't have to wash it, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't, it's gonna save so much time if I just put plastic on these things, you know? <laughs> so I started putting little baggies on everything wearing gloves. And I, I remember the first time I went to a convention like that and the old timers are like, Oh no, you no, 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 no. You cannot do this, Carrie. You're going to screw everybody. If you do this, we're all going to have to do this. If you, if you start doing this and people see it, you know, yeah. but so for years I thought I had never seen anybody do it. So I thought I was the first one, but uh. I saw a video of Doc Webb, oh. Doc Webb in yeah, the fifties yeah. wearing gloves. Mm. So um, Doc Webb is the first one, wow. but it didn't continue any further than Doc Webb. Whereas I was later, you know, I'm in the seven, uh, you know, in the, well, that was in the eighties. So in the early eighties, at that point it caught on and they started other people started doing the same thing. So, wow. you know, yeah, Doc even used to pre-wash the skin and shave it and do all this stuff that they just didn't do at the time. You wow. know, he was a very clean, particular man. I saw a video of where he was totally prepping and doing everything to the skin and then he'd wash his hands and he'd put on his gloves, you know, and I'm like, holy wow. crap. Yeah, good for him, right? Yeah, I was just getting ready yeah. for surgery. <laughs> like, shit's going down. We're gonna clean up. No, That's exactly. So interesting. Well, so That's what it's become.
it's like Mendelian genetics. Remember, it was like Gregor Mendel had started all of this stuff, and and people started were still working on genetics uh, long past his death. And it was like two people went into some repository in in Europe, and they found a bunch of old scientific notes in this like clergy space. And then they went, they were they were doing the same work, and they found these notes that this guy was doing pea plants, you know, like two hundred years before or whatever. And they're like, oh, somebody's already done this, but yeah. you know, they're still yeah. ones that get a push it forward. So. You yeah. know what? You still so we're talking to the person who invented barrier and safe tattooing. <laughs> Holy shit! God, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Oh I'm no, sorry. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> I always have to apologize because uh, it was just for my my personal problems I was having with the feeling of that, you know, and like never being awesome. able to get the ink out, you know. Yeah. I mean, at my era when when I went in and watched tattoo artists, they were still taking the machine and running it in their hand to make sure the needles worked right. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. All the tattoo artists had this like oh. callousy tattoo yeah. part right here that right. they would practice, yeah. try the needles, make sure the tension was good. Yeah. And I was like, I am not doing that. There's no <laughs> way I'm doing that. <laughs> you know? I forgot about that. I remember meeting an old boy when I first started and, and he was, doing stuff like that i'm like is that safe and he's like, yeah, like no. no it's not safe right? <laughs> totally not safe golly that's so neat well this is kind of going back to like the big differences right because like how long did it take yep. for that to start catching on it was in the 80s was it like becoming industry standard by the 90s we'll say uh yeah pretty much yeah. so you know at the conventions i started seeing people start to wear gloves within a yearish. you know i'd oh, wow. pop in next convention you know at that time they only had like one a year in the united states you know it would move around and everybody went to the same show so we'd show up and i'd be like oh you know and they're like yeah it's just so much easier but but at the <laughs> time you know we didn't realize we weren't aware that you not only have to cover everything then you still have to clean it you know you yeah. still have to wipe it down so for us it was like you know, take the gloves off, take the plastic off, put on a new one, go for it again. Uh, it was just seemed easier. But, you know, now you there's a lot more steps involved. But uh, yeah, by the 90s, you know, it, everybody was doing that. It started becoming, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember what year, uh, sometimes years. So when I went to the first European convention I went to and was in 87. And uh yeah, nobody was doing it over there, so I probably caused that problem over there too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's probably my fault. You come in with all your barriers and stuff. People are like, "What the fuck is this American doing?" Like, Stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's neat. So, the, like, what happened in the '90s? As actually, I knew we were going to segue into this because, like, that's Brian and I started around the you know turn of the new millennia, you know, and things are so much different now just in our like 20 years but like it seemed like the 90s were this weird stasis where a lot of things were evolving and changing and a lot of things are being dropped off and i don't know a lot of people who tattooed in the 90s <laughs> it just right. seems you started either in like the 70s or 80s or in the early aughts and like there was nothing in the 90s it seemed like even though there was all this evolution going on so if you want to talk to us yeah about in in my opinion you know i mean magazines were in the beginning, you know, when I started tattooing, the only way you could see tattoos at that time were like out a biker, yeah. you know, some of those spin-offs of biker magazines that had tattoos. And then eventually they started making a tattoo magazine at some point, right? Prior to that, 
prior to magazines, where did people see tattoos? You actually had to go into a shop. Yeah. So you get to the magazines, you're seeing a little bit that one convention's touring around National Tattoo Association, right? Used to have their convention and everybody would go and do that. But in the 90s, I mean, first of all, through the years, styles change and migrate and started because more artists started getting into tattooing. So in the earlier years, you know, they only had certain needle groups. They're doing traditional style because that's what worked, right? Then somebody's like, well, what if we use less needles? Maybe we can do a finer line, you know? So in the 70s, you know, it was back then, you know, Good Time Charlie, Jack Rudy, those guys, you know, they're like, hey, let's just do black and let's try to make pictures, you know, like people and stuff like that. So there's been migrations over the years, but in the 90s, TV, TV shows came, right? So the first tattooed TV show and when, when it starts popping up on your TV screen, it not only makes it okay, right? All of a sudden, people who were afraid to get tattooed are getting tattooed. People who didn't know anything about it are saying, I want to do that. I want to learn that. I can take my style and do that. You know, so it started this big growth of not only styles, but who was coming into the tattoo business and things like that. And the acceptance for the clients, you know, you had a, you know, a couple here and there, say, you know, prominent people getting tattooed back in the day, but all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's on TV. It's okay for me. I can get it, you know, Uh, and it just exploded at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember I, I started my apprenticeship just before like the T all the TV shows like came out. And I remember the first time I seen a, a, it was some lady, her and her sister came in. They were probably in their 60s. I'm like, you need to get the fuck out of here, man. I'm like, this is not safe for you. There's a dude shooting up in the back, and I'm pretty sure they sell drugs oh in the basement God. and guns. I'm like, you probably need to go. And they're like, but we've seen it on the TV show. It's just so, you know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> go down the yeah. street. <laughs> yeah, the other shop, maybe. But yeah, you know, it's, it's that evolution. I mean, well you know in between the biker magazines and the tattoo there was the tattoo shows there was the tattoo magazines you know so people they started going to the conventions and into shops and putting out these actual tattoo magazines and tattoo books yeah you know i mean the books that ed hardy was doing and uh oh there's god so many uh, the historian came out from Chuck Eldridge at the, around oh, yeah. then. You know, he was writing that little pamphlet that would come out all the time. That was really cool. And the National Tattoo Association book. Mm-hmm. And um, Shotzi Gorman did oh, the yeah. Advocate, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those you could buy those in bookstores. You know, so that That's transition so... was right before TV. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and uh... it became like mainstream you know, from that point. I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the the first shop I ever went to, I was 10 years old and uh, it was a 21st century tattoo in Portland, Oregon. I guess they got blown up later, mm. but uh, oh. uh, yeah, that, that was coming. <laughs> that in was days. coming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember just like all of the kitsch that was available at that time. Like when we came and sat down, it's like super, there's a huge place too, just wide open space, open concept, just a little, 
you know, cubicles for a couple people who are working. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that the table in the waiting area was just lined with magazines. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Was, yeah. What is all this stuff? And then they yeah. had this this pen. It was in the shape of like a tattoo machine that would bounce up and down. And I like so I stepped out. I was like, I want that. And he's like, there. I went home, oh, cute. ran all the ink out of that stuff and then promptly hit puberty and forgot all about tattooing. But I do remember just that <laughs> spread of like, of all those magazines. I thought it was so weird. Yeah. And then it, like they started to die off like towards the beginning, like the, the early aughts. And then now I don't see, like when you walk into a shop, I don't see magazines anymore. I don't see nope. you know, anything. No, because, you know, along came my space. MySpace that happened and uh you know tv shows and then MySpace then you know Uh, Facebook Instagram right and uh, and so on and so on but the that the phone became anybody but it can pick up their phone and look at you know whatever tattoo they want to find they can search anybody so they don't need the magazines anymore so it was it's become very difficult for the people who publish the magazines to keep that going, you know, just yeah. like newspapers have fallen off so much, right? All yeah. of that, because it's at our, it's at our hand, and we don't have to, you know, run down to the bookstore anymore and and search for those magazines anymore. We don't have yeah. to do that, which is sad that. in a way because, you know, in in that in that form, you can hold on to it. Yeah. you know, and go back to it and read those things again that you did, you know, or somebody did back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, you know, it's pretty cool to open those pages again. Yeah, yeah totally. I wrote for Skin and Ink for a while. Oh. And uh, as interesting, I go back and get some of the things and I'm like, oh, yeah, like an angle, just throw it in the closet. <laughs> just go back on my yeah. phone, you know, it's like, exactly. I miss, I miss yeah. going down the 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 magazine aisles they used to be huge remember like in the stores you yep. go and have everything and you yep. have to rifle through wait for that issue you're going for and stuff it was like you had some yearning and wanting and waiting you'd like earn that oh, that yeah. space and then when you got it, it was like 1995 like this is not worth that fuck it i'll buy it anyways you know and, yep yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and, and the, you know prior to you know uh search engines and all that and our computers yeah. you know we would spend all our time off just going to different bookstores and traveling, looking for reference, you know, driving to different cities and, you know, what does this bookstore have? And, you know, finding those ones that had those old books just piled yeah. high, right? Yeah. Rifling yeah. through those for hours, <laughs> finding, you know, creating the best, you know, reference library, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when you were drawing, you know, like, okay, I got to find this, you know, <laughs> find that book, right? That had yeah. that one picture you remember you saw, you know, and yeah. used that for reference, but that migrated too, you know. So there's so many changes. Yeah, it was like the filing cabinets. You used to like have every drawing or every stencil, and you'd have them organized by different types, and you just keep every one because you don't know if I'm going to need to use this again, right? We'll go over the heart drawer. They did have that. Yeah, we have a uh, bunch of those old uh, acetate stencils all over our wall. You know, we got them all framed up, oh, wow. and. Uh, have those hanging and you know at that time i think they just had them thrown in drawers and just kind of like you know (laughs) where did i put that you know Uh, but yeah migrated from that i mean the type of stencils have changed so much Um, you know the way we do that and now it's like oh go to your computer it prints out right over there you know yeah you know but they still won't remake those fucking 3M stencil machines. You still got to yeah, go back. 
the best one, right? <laughs> the best What's one. What's the best one? It's like $4,500. Oh, it is? Is that Echo? Epson. Epson. Oh, the Epson? Oh, the bubble jet yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Epson's pretty good. But, you know, I still prefer when I can to just pull out Sharpies. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That goes to our question. Brian had a question for you. And I think that works well with the Sharpies. I was just working through flashbacks of being a shitbag little kid when I was like 12, <laughs> stealing tattoo magazines from the fucking gas station or something. Yeah. But, uh, America uh, wants to know, Carrie, uh, how many octopuses have you tattooed in your career? You know, I think I get asked that question almost every day. Because <laughs> I, I probably do... Okay, uh, so they're bigger pieces. So I, I uh, work five days a week. I probably work on octopus at least three of those days. You know, geez, so wow. But I can only tattoo these days about four, four and a half hours a day. So, uh, you know, a sleeve will, you know, it'll take me. They'll come like two days in a row, like once a month. You know, so it'll take me a few months to get that done. But how many have I done? There's hundreds. I was, <laughs> That's awesome. I was just looking up, and I've. I totally forgot, like, when did I do my first octopus? And I did this back piece on a guy named Tracy Whitman back in, he was 18 years old. And he came in and his first tattoo was just, bam, do this, right? <laughs> and then he's like, I want my back done. You know, Jeez. so <laughs> I want my whole back done. And I he wanted a samurai. And so I did this, like, charging samurai. And there's, like... It looks more like a kraken, but it's a kraken octopus thing. He was fighting, uh, right? And oh, wow. that was in that was in the late eighties when I did that. So that was the first one. <laughs> nice. And then there was another really prominent one I did on this guy named Nash. He got his whole arm done. He did a lightning thing. It's, everybody knows it because there was like a big lightning thing on one arm and this octopus down the other arm. Yeah. and all in color and that was in that the one. yeah early 90s and so th that was kind of the start of it and then I you know would be a few years and I'd do another one and then all of a sudden <laughs> uh this guy came in and he wanted his whole lake done you know uh, big octopus and I'm like this is cool you know and I did it all in black and gray and I yeah. I started migrating into black and gray at that time and something just hit right like this is the most thing, fun thing to tattoo you oh, know nice. like i just was friend. like damn uh, you know here it is like holy crap this is fun i want to do this again uh, and while i was working on that the natural history museum la decided to do an exhibition on tattoo right it started in paris so yeah. the k branley museum in paris did an exhibition called tattoo so it started to travel and it came to the natural history museum here in la and this exhibition was huge so they called us up and they're like hey can we borrow some things from your studio we want to do an exhibition on the pike area starting long beach la and the history of tattoo in the area so they came in and they're packing up all this stuff and one of the curators says to me shoot we, we don't have any women in the ex exhibition. You know, we really want to highlight women. Would you tattoo uh, this silicone arm for us? And I'm like, 
do you have to ask me that? Because, <laughs> yes, I'm going to do that. Like, how do I do that? That sounds uh, cool, right? So they have these body parts. I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, exhibition, but now they have them everywhere. But at yeah. the time, they didn't. You know, this is uh, in 2016. Mm -hmm. So uh, they asked me, what would you tattoo on it? And I said, an octopus. <laughs> nice. You know, I'm doing uh, an octopus. And um, she's like, that's perfect because we're the Natural History Museum. It couldn't be any better than to do something like that. So uh, they created this piece in France. They shipped it out. It comes in this big crate. You know, you tattoo the whole thing and then you ship it to the Natural History Museum. Came and picked it up. It's actually property, though, of the K. Branley Museum in Paris, right? Holy shit. That's so awesome. at the time, they had... <laughs> They had a dozen of them. They were all done by guys, but it was like, you know, Guy Atchison, Leo Zuleta, uh, Tintin mm -hmm. from Paris. Uh, gosh, you know, I'm going to forget all these important names. Oh, Philip Blue, you know, all these different mm -hmm. people, right? And I was the first woman. And so I was just super excited yeah. about that. And they had paintings, though, from Tatine Lou. Yeah. And they focused on the history of women in from indigenous times, you know, and their tattoos and what they meant in different, you know, regions and countries and all of that. So it was it was super exciting. But doing that octopus, um, everybody went to the museum, right? Uh, so all of a sudden, can I get an octopus? Can I get an octopus? <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So but that's you, 2016. So I've been uh, constantly doing octopus since 2016, for sure. And you enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, I was just thinking yeah, we should contact so like a Guinness Book of World Record and just be like, this is the one person that's Dang. done the most octopus tattoos. <laughs> I'm going to have to look back in time and add them up. Wouldn't that be, that would be that kind would of be cool. Awesome. You get a plaque, you can hang over, be like, yeah, I'm a master. On octopus. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I got to do on uh, Tattoo Smart. You guys uh, use that? Yeah, Procreate. Um, I got to do the octopus tentacle set. You know, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was rad. That was pretty oh. cool. So, yeah, that was the beginning of that. That's gone big time too, right? Tattoo yeah. Smart pens and yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Everyone's moved. I think like Brian and I are still kind of split. Like I've got paper artwork and stuff all around here but you, the tablets now it's yeah. just like it's it's changed so much i was the I, I hold out up until last year mm -hmm. i was like you can't no i'm not going to do this shit and i'm not going to use yeah. a rotary machine and you guys can all bite my ass and then i fucking yeah. got a rotary machine and bought a tablet and yeah wait this is nice i don't have to carry around 60 pounds of art supplies anymore so. Yeah, I think you're, <laughs> I was pretty hold out on that too. Like I was all against the rotaries for a long time. And mm. then I went to, uh, my son and I were working at a convention in uh, London and Cheyenne showed up, you know, and they're yeah. like, hey, will you try these? And I'm like, I have no idea how to use that, you know? And they go, we'll set it up for you and you can both try them for the day. So I tried it. By the end of the day, I looked at, jeremiah and i said i don't want to give mine back do you want to give yours back <laughs> and he's like no i don't want to give it back oh. just the the weight yeah. alone you know my hands were killing me you know like tattooing so long you know it's so hard on your body right mm -hmm. so i'm like okay if i could tattoo with this every day maybe i could go longer yeah you know 
I can tattoo longer in my life. And it saved my saved me. That's you neat. know. Uh, yeah. I, I fucking hate rotaries still. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's slow. Yeah. They're so slow in comparison, at least oh. like my hand speed and stuff. And I crank my well, coil up and just move through. Well, after the program, I'll tell you about a couple of machines you should try. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I probably shouldn't plug on here. So afterwards, afterwards, <laughs> I'll tell you about a couple of machines to give a look at. All right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. I've got my, I've got my notepad here. Okay. And All right. I don't pen. know what you're using. But... <laughs> oh, I've got. Oh, yeah, we do shout out to some machines. I've got like a Corey Rogers machine for my coil. I've got a couple like icon machines from like you know, 15, 16 years ago or something. And then I bought like two forty dollar machines off uh, Amazon and they grind. I love those coils. I've heard then, that. Yeah. yeah. And then I bought uh, a Dragon Hawk, just like a cheap rotary that's adjustable yeah. can. I don't know. I just I don't know. It's just I don't know. We've talked about it a lot. And I think the healing is a bit different, at least with like the application. Because like the actual like like this the science of insertion but inside the skin when using a rotary versus a coil is different. Like the amount of pigment that's deposited is less, and so it's required to at least in like how I use it, I'm required to put in more effort to get the same amount of mm. saturation. You know, so so scientifically, you think the ink it's not as much ink. Why yeah. do you why do you feel that you? So with the with the start stop on the uh, coil. Was a whip crack motion. It actually yeah. will carry and shoot in some pigments. It's just a higher quantity and volume, depending on, especially like the angle of insertion when you're going into it. While the rotary is technically pushing and then, you know, hydrolocking using hydraulic mm -hmm. motion to pull it in. So um, if I run it the same way at the same hand speed, I guess at the same CPS slash like rotational stuff, uh, we've done tests. The amount of or quantity of pigment that goes in is less. And there's actually um, a guy right now in Adira that we had on the show as well. Um, I helped him with his setup, his PhD. He's testing all of the physics of actual insertion of pigments based on needle strikes yeah. going in. That's totally interesting. And I'd yeah. like to see it with these new machines, these couple I'll tell you about later. But okay. They're pretty punchy. It was like the flat blads, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, the science has changed a little bit with rotaries, yeah. like, you know, even compared to the first one I tried was very uh, mellow, you know, uh, it was very, you know, delicate, kind of like, uh, you know, to get jam and color. Remember the cord oh, on yeah. the initial, it was just like this little wire. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy what stuff. What is this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was like totally against him in the beginning, but now I'm like, uh, we still have people who use coils in our shop. You know, we have several people who cannot make the transition, you know, they feel the same way. They're just like that strength and the power and they're used to it, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, I think a lot of people I know initially switched just because they needed to um, tattoo longer, you know, their hands are yep. hurting, you know, that weight, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm fat, kind of a big dude, so <laughs> that just doesn't bother me. I'm like, this is only eight ounces. What's wrong with this? <clears throat> like, I work with two ladies at the shop, like one season, Brian Seen season, she's like 90 pounds, you know? She's yeah. like four foot 11, 90 pounds. And she's yeah. in the coil and she's just like, Jesus. Wow. So I'm like, heavy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's only 10 ounces. It's fine. I know. It's just a Coke can, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Put a Coke can on the back of a pencil, right? Yeah. Or then, and then you have the offset <laughs> with the big grips, right? So you have a two pound knurled grip. That'll offset this yeah. stuff. So you're just holding this lead weight while you tattoo. It's like, yeah, there's a big change, right? I mean, uh, those 
you know, the old school tubes that they used to use were just tiny little skinny, like a pencil, you know, uh. and you're just like, you know, <laughs> claw hand holding yeah. that thing, you know, Remember that? now yeah, it's like, day. now you're like this, right? <laughs> Kids Remember... color crayons. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. still use the three eight scripts. Everyone looks at me like oh. I'm insane. So I'll just yeah. sit there and do that. Well, and... It'll catch you in a few years. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can have our yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, I, I do that sometimes. I'll work like, you know, 12 hours or something. I'll, I'm just like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Fold the hand yep. back. And it's just naturally once it close up. Just put it over your knee for like 30 minutes. You're like, ah, it'll be all right. Just give me a second. Yeah. As long as it just conforms to the machine, I can use my arm and it'll be yeah, fine. It'll get stuck there someday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Well, I guess I pull into this one. Like, how have you stayed healthy and like able to work for this amount of time? You know? Well, yeah. I don't know if I stayed healthy, but I, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of like, how can you best slow it down? Right? How can you best slow it down? So I strongly believe I did, you know, prior to hurting my knee, I was doing yoga all the time, you know, a lot of yeah. yoga, my foam roller. I, I oftenly, what's your best tool you have? It's my foam roller, you know, absolutely foam rollering my back and keeping things loosened up, right? Yeah. Helps a lot. Um, there's a lot of hand exercises you can do, you know, that help yeah all that stuff you know yeah even to the chest mm -hmm. and you know i've learned over time that things like working on strengthening the muscles that keep you upright like mm. your back muscles and stuff like that you know but i i also used to be a, a very power tattoo artist i used to work super fast and mm. i you know in the early days we would tattoo and not stop you know, yep. you didn't stop unless you had to use the restroom, you know, people fed me while I worked, right? Like they're feeding, you know, pieces of sandwich into my <laughs> mouth. So I don't have to have my client take a break, you know, uh, or, you know, doing, like you said, 12 hours on a person, uh, you know, you just keep going. So that's changed, you know, you take a break. I take a break every couple hours, you know, and I get up and I walk a minute straighten up use the restroom get on the foam roller just for a second you know my breaks are you know 10 minutes right yeah. just really quick you know but enough to reset my body mm -hmm. so i can go back to it you know and you know do my hands but I've, I've actually gotten to where now my my stretching hand is my you know biggest problem right oh. so i wear a I wear a brace under my glove to oh, wow to help my stretching hand because it's, you know, 44 years into it, this thing kills me if I don't. Yeah. Right. So it limits my, my movement, but still allows me to stretch. But yeah, you know, my, my biggest thing is, you know, try to think about not right now, not your mo your body right now, but what's going to happen if you don't do some of this stuff, if you don't, you know, do some sort of workout, some sort of stretching, you know, keeping your body moving, <laughs> it's, it's going to catch up, you know, it <laughs> is. And you can ask, not myself, but uh, I'll tell you that, but everybody who's, you know, my age or older is, you know, you know, like Jesus Christ, I wish I would have known. You know, <laughs> I wish, I That's wish so they, somebody would have told uh, me to yeah. strengthen my muscles and to stretch, you know. Yeah. That's me yeah. and Brian. Brian is it, like in the past like two years it's gotten so healthy it's just like a monster 
And uh, as he's done that, I've just started to drink more. That's kind of my way of working. Yeah, well, that's okay too. A little bit of that, right? That's the other thing, right? Just ha- I just have a little wine every night. Yeah. <laughs> that helps loosen you up uh, a little yeah. bit. Right? Yeah, I had like twelve shots of tequila last night, so I'm all uh, right. Oh gosh, yeah. The whole days. Yeah. It's like one, two, three, four, five. I'm like, all right, cool. Good to go now. Like, oh, man. <laughs> I think realistically, it should just be taught as part it. of learning for tattooing nowadays. So just fucking exercise a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, it's true. Absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. That that segues perfect into that next question I was going to say. is like, what do you think is messing with education and tattooing right now? Yeah. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. A huge part of it is those kind of things. So when I uh, train somebody... I incorporate that. I'm like, okay, you got to do yoga. You got to do these stretches, you know? And yeah, I train people kind of weird. So I don't train a lot of people, you know, my early days, I trained a few, but I took a huge break because I've had some bad experiences with apprentices, you know? So I got to a point where I'm not doing this anymore. And then we had a, a young girl come through our shop who was shop help. And, and I'm like, okay, she's got too much potential to not train her. You know, so I trained her and it starts out very slowly. Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to learn to, we're going to strengthen your hands first. You know, I'm not going to give you a tattoo machine, start drawing on paper, get off your iPad for a minute. Right. (laughs) You know, get on the paper. And then I start strengthening her hand by taping uh, like a double A battery to the pencil. Then you right. go to a C, then a D, right? And then just adding weight to the oh, pencil, yeah. you know, strengthen the hand, do your yoga, do your stretches, do all that. The other thing that's missing, um, learning where you came from. I think the history, you know, a lot of the, the new people just, mm-hmm. they want to be all by themselves. They want to be in a yeah. private little studio all alone which yeah. is good for a lot of people, right? I, I, I see that, you know, I can totally see the benefits of that. I think it's great. But I think um, if everybody does that, the community feel kind of gets lost, mm-hmm. you know, unless you yeah. keep in contact and kind of keep re relearning and teaching yourself, you know, but yeah, I think the, the community, you know, yeah. is, you know, being lost. I mean, we used I mentioned that we used to have that one convention a year and people came from all over the nation to go to the one show. Right. So now we have, (laughs) you know, we have a convention in this town over here this weekend, next week, you can, you can go to this town 20 minutes here and that town the weekend (laughs) after and they're everywhere. Right. So there's so many conventions. So the community doesn't get to together the way it used to, Mm -hmm. you know, that's missing. You know, it's a lot it's, of competition uh, now. We were talking about that, I think, was a couple of shows ago, where we have like the locals, the regionals, the nationals, and the internationals. And every yeah. tattooer now is an award winning artist. You don't know where they true. got their awards from, you know? It's like if you had an award back in the day, you went to like an NTA show and you, you took in like best in show, like that was yeah. massive. And now it's like, well, yeah. I can go down to Poughkeepsie or something and get best in yeah. show from the small regional. And it's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's true. There's a lot of little tiny conventions, you know, little yeah. tiny shows where, you know, there is a lot of people winning, you know, who 
you're like, I've never heard of that person, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, over here, you see uh, like that, that is an absolutely fantastic, beautiful tattoo, you know, yeah. and then you're like, that's the same award, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so there is that, you know, uh, it happens. And I don't think we can stop that, you know, and I don't think, uh, you know, it's impossible now to go back to where it was yeah. and bring everybody to a national type of convention. You know, yeah. it's pretty you impossible. Scrutinize and humiliate people enough. Just <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I'm the worst <laughs> at that. You know, we were joking last night, actually. I was talking to a couple of people and, and somebody said something about, yeah, when when I have a couple of drinks in me, then you're going to hear the truth, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be terrible if you were at a convention, you had a couple of drinks, and everybody started telling the truth? <laughs> you know? uh, like, uh, oh, how, what do you think about my tattoo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's ask shit. me tomorrow. You know? <laughs> ask me tomorrow. Right? Uh, I think the last yeah. convention I went to was a smaller regional one, and everyone was doing cocaine in the bathroom. So that was fun. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> A toilet candy lined up on the top. Like you want to hit? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm gonna go get back mm. to work and never go potty in here ever again. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> never go potty. Just fucking head down and work, right? Jeez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what happened with the NTA? I heard that like Nationals closing down now after being open. Yeah. Well, you know, there's. I mean, they did conventions, right? But then their conventions grew and grew and grew. There were so many, so it yeah. kept. It was hard for them to do that. And then also the supply business, you know, they were a major supplier. There was only a couple at the time, you know, Ernie Croppa had a supply and Spalding and Rogers yeah. and uh, National, you know, there was only a couple of those. So that's where everybody went. And then, you know, somebody says, well, I'm going to prolong my career. I'm going to start a supply company. I'm going to start a supply company. I'm going to start a supply company and so on and so on. So there's so many, you know, it's just like tattoo mm. shops also. And if oh. you have one shop in your area, you're going to have a better living than if you have 20, you know, oh. it's just the way it is. Right. Or like Portland where we have 1200. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton. So, yeah. So I know. Many up here. I got a couple of, uh, I have an apprentice who, he was my apprentice way back, you know, and he owns a shop. Uh, atomic tattoo up in your area oh yeah and uh one of my other people who worked with me um mickey calmus miss miss mickey she has fortune yeah. tattoo up there yeah um yeah they both used to work for me in beautiful area you know i love yeah. it yeah absolutely love it up there just rains a little bit much for me but yeah super pretty that's what it's <laughs> like right now it's gray it's just yeah. like but national yeah. you know they 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 had those two things against them right the convention went you know, it's all the same story. It's just like with tattoo shops, you know, the, the number of them, you can't always keep competing and not yeah. everybody's going to continue to make it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shops are going to drop off just like conventions are going to drop off. Suppliers are going to drop off. Uh, yeah. Hmm. It is what it is. It's sad, but you know, um, Ed Hardy used to say, he told me this one time, I remember, uh, shops started popping up everywhere and he's like you know um the good ones will they'll stay you know the good ones will stay but i think that's changed now because now it has a lot to do with not only whether you're good or not but your location your prices yeah. um 
you know, your personality, how are you with your clients when you come in the door, you know, how are you being treated? And are you a movie star or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, you know, like does, if you're, if yeah, you're if Instagram you're TV, or not. Yeah. yeah. If you're Instagram huge um, or if you're TV huge, yeah. you got a, you got a lot more going for you than somebody who's doing fabulous work, who isn't as known, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I would make fun of my own career because I'm known by tattoo artists and no one else. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, that's I got kinda... rid of all of my social media a couple weeks ago. I'm just like, I'm not doing it. We just opened this shop in Portland and it's kind of set up. I'm in an office building. So it's not even a retail space. It's not, you know, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Japanese type of setup, you know, back to the, where you have to like, you can't find this place either. Right. We don't have cell phone reception here. <laughs> right. It's like, tucked nice. away. yeah. Yeah. And I just got rid of it. Cause like, I, I still have never booked people off of social media. Never. Everything is always word uh, of mouth with me. I don't know. Yeah. How do I do that? I get a couple of things, um, you know, Instagram, I check on there, but most of mine's just direct through the email still, you uh, know? Uh, yeah. I prefer that. I like, I don't want to have to check every Avenue, you know? So I try to kind of narrow it all into my email and have it all in one spot. You know, nice. I do it there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss like the old paper ledgers? I don't know if you use digital booking and stuff now or not. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. You wow. know, we use the Google calendar and all of that. Um, I don't let people go on and book their own appointments. You know, I mm. do. Uh, I kind of want to filter that out because yeah. I don't want to do everything. Right. I want to do all octopus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And jellyfish and yeah. sea life and kelp. No, I'm, I do other things too, but you know, there's a lot of things I don't do. I don't, I'm not good at everything. So I don't want to end up tattooing something that somebody I know can do a better job of, you well, know, you like you don't ever just wake up in the morning and be like, now I want to fucking tattoo a rad reaper today or something. Just be like, you know, mm. gosh, that's so funny because I've had people reach out to me and say, will you tattoo this off your flash from 1982, you know, <laughs> and everybody at the shop's like, do it, do it, do it. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, I really don't want to do it. You know, I just don't want to do it. Right. But that's so I'm, awesome. uh, maybe I'll have a, a day where I'm going to do like, that would be kind of funny. Like I'm going to have a flash day and I'm only going to tattoo off my flash from 1983. <laughs> right. Or something like that. hundred people lined up outside. That right would when you be open the doors. so great. I, I might have to do that. Have people feed you sandwiches while you're working and stuff. Just yeah. be setting up Grapes. two stands. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. just you'll be like a little fan. Three hours no. into that and regret this decision. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Probably oh, at the yes. first one, I would yeah. regret that because I'm like, all the breakdown oh, line work. Yeah. Uh, line work. Sharps containers. My style has changed day. so much. Oh. You know, I, oh. back then I used to do a, a lot of, a lot of color, of course, but also a lot of Japanese inspired stuff, um, anime inspired stuff. I mean, I was doing anime cartoon things, you know, portraits, all that stuff, but everything in color back in the 80s you know yeah and that migration you know i finally got to a point where like i need a break from color for a little bit so i'm just going to do black and gray you know for a while and uh i'm starting to do a little more color again yeah. but sometimes you just need change 
I used to do millions of animals during the nineties, like tigers. I think I did so many tigers, you know, it was just tiger after tiger after tiger. And finally I said, okay, I'm going to stop doing tigers for a couple of years, you know, (laughs) and that's happened with everything I did a lot of, but it has not happened with octopus. So (laughs) I like that because it, I can go anywhere. I can do anything with them. You know, it's so flowy, yeah. right? Yeah. You see, like, over time, your style is, like, has evolved to being, like, in, in my opinion, looking at stuff, it looks like it's going to be more hardy and last longer. Like, your stuff looks more open. Mm. It's more breathable. Like, a lot of the technical execution of the stuff I've looked at your more recent stuff, from my perspective, is just on point. It's really awesome. Into like chop shading and like like doubling up on lines in specific spots and like where to leave the skin that you know is going to you know soften or or lighten over time and stuff to create that really like 3d image especially like the five foot mark when you're looking at stuff that's just rad it's like is that have you paid a lot of attention to like how you've developed your technique and how you're applying things because you can just focus on one thing over the years or has this just been like a natural kind of like artistic. Yeah, I don't pay attention at all. I just sit down and go, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of true because I just Uh, zone out. And uh, it just people ask me like sometimes like how do you do that or how do you lay that out? And honestly, it just happens. You know, like if I'm I sketch on, you know, an octopus, let's say I will use that a lot because it's a good reference. But you know, I draw a couple lines just for the client basically because it's like you know where's it going to go and i'm like i don't know you know (laughs) i don't know you know when let me you know when they sit down and then i look at their body or wherever it's going to go and i'm like okay i i picture the head here and so i'll remember that right but i'm not doing that first you know i always start with tentacles almost always because the tentacles come forward you know so i'm do a couple tentacles i'll complete that section they come back the next time i'll draw another section and another section so i don't have a a plan um it's kind of just like leave more open and make sure there's some black black right make sure there's some middle tones and make sure there's some areas with nothing you know and so it all balances out you know over over all that and i'll just kind of as I'm, as I'm doing it, you know, just like, okay, that area is dark. Let's make this area lighter, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I don't pre-plan it. I find that I do better when I don't, if I oh, pre-plan cool. it then I put it on the skin, I'm like, Oh, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look like you want it to, right. Yeah. Because you drew it flat. Yeah. You know? too deep. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you get that other thing, yeah. it's just, well, yeah, this, it changes, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm missing muscle tone. I could be utilizing or veins that are there or, you uh, know, wow, you got this crazy muscle. I want to make sure I use that, you uh, know, to pop the tattoo if I can, you know, if it's more organic, it's going to be a lot better, right? Yeah, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's like looking at back pieces and people take the small of the back to put the most forward facing aspect of the entire design there. I'm like, why did you do that? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And they're like, look at the design here. You know, portraits on really skinny people. It looks great on paper. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, they just get that shrunken oh, skinny face. I know. Like, I know. Think about where you we have a, stuff. We have an artist at our shop. Uh, she's actually my business partner now, but she she's like an expert in lettering, you know? Yeah. 
Um, she does that really tight. She looks like a printer. She works like a printer. You know, uh, it's just perfect. Right. And <clears throat> people come in and they're like, oh, I want it here. I want it here. And she's like, it needs to go right here. You know, it, it just needs to go here. And the reason being is, and she'll explain all those things, you know, yeah. like move your arm around and look at it always stays perfect. You yeah. know, if, if we put it, if we put it this way, it's always going to look crooked, you know, <laughs> right. It's going to yeah, do yeah. that. Right. So she finds these, you know, particular spots on whatever body, just looking at their body, you know, and it's the wow. same thing. And my son, Jeremiah, he does a bio, you know, yeah. like giggery stuff. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like how could he ever draw that on paper? You know, it's gotta be drawn on the muscles, yeah. on the skin. It's gotta flow that body. You know, there's no way that you could draw that up on an iPad and then put it on the skin and have it work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess what, uh, I, I worked with a, a Dexa Stern out in the mission oh, yeah. for a while and, uh, hearing her philosophy on how to apply stuff was kind of the same way. You know, she's like, the body will tell me what I want. Well, she says that they German accents. Yes. The body could tell me what it wants. Right. I'm like, I oh, yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that was neat. I was trying to think about like like other that. things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, a lot of stuff now that we're seeing is this, this 2d X, Y plane and people are taking it and they're trying to make it look like a sticker that's been applied to the body. And it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not the same. Have we seen this maybe come in and out of fashion, you know, over the years? Cause you can see like some of the flash, you know, different times, mm, you know, uh, I think those have been called like badge tattoos at some point. Right. Uh, <clears throat> you know, those one timer like things. Um, I don't personally like to do those, you know, and a lot of people really love to do that. And a lot of people like to get those. And I think in some way or another, they have come in and out of fashion. But I think in the early days, that's all there was, mostly. And then they'd put a lot of those together and then put little stars or something <laughs> yeah. in between, you know, like asterisks all over it. the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think that that's where that comes from. But there are those you know, there are those people who only want one tattoo or two tattoos, you know, so yeah. it works for them. It totally works for them, but it's not going to work. It, you know, then you come in and I, it's like, okay, I want a sleeve now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got, I got that tattoo right there in the middle of it. And what do I do with it? How do I make yeah. it work <laughs> with the sleeve? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. something I try to talk about with everyone. Are you planning on getting one more than one tattoo? Is there an even theme yeah. that's going to be working with this? Do you understand like interactions with the design? Like where somebody standing in relation to you is going to change how they interact with that piece. Like that's going to inform people. Can we answer as many stupid questions right now with the design? So you're not being asked for 30 years. What's that? Which I'm booking. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely <laughs> have that in my past. I mean, I, I have seen, I've seen some of my early stuff, you know, and I'm like, ooh, geez, you know, <laughs> God, you know, what, it, what is it? You know, like it, that used to be, that used to be like mm. poor, poor warriors, right? Uh, you know, and the, the faces are like this big, right? Uh, just, and they're just all blurred together, <laughs> you know, and fuzzy. I, I always tell everybody, so I, the first time I, I did this colored, detail-y thing so I was learning to tattoo at the time and I tattooed my younger sister right and she wanted a bluebird on a branch you know with the sun in the background the oh. flowery sky so the whole tattoo is as big as a quarter right <laughs> I'm not kidding so <laughs> I took the single needle and I did the total bluebird all detailed and the little branch you know and the thing and it looked good for 
a, a minute and <laughs> it looked really good you know it was oh. like you know for the time it was super detailed you know oh. and now it looks like somebody took chalk and went <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a it's a disaster oh. you know it looks you can't even tell there was ever a tattoo there you know That's it's just so funny, fuzzy dude. blurry gone little bits of smeary color you know uh. and <laughs> And I try to tell people when they come in, I'm like, I know this is going to look great for a couple of years, right? Uh, it's going to look great for a couple of years and you're going to love it. And then there's going to be a point where you're like, why did I do that? You know, <laughs> why did I do it so small? You know, because it's fantastic right yeah. now, but it's going to spread. It's there's no way around it. There's no yeah. way, you know? So it's a choice. Do you want to, do you want to get it and have it look great for a couple of years? Or do you want to have it look as good as it can for the, the length of your body, of your body, you yeah. know, the time that you're here on earth, do you want to, you know, 20 years from now, be able to recognize what that is, yeah. you know? Do you see that happening yeah. a lot with like the younger people? I'm guessing like younger artists and stuff. Now like we've talked about this at length on the show, but like the, the microdization of everything, everything is becoming smaller yeah. and smaller and more detailed. Oh, yeah. It's not really applied to the skin and you just know it's not, it's oh, not it's... built to like match the, the substrate that they're working with. They're trying to work off of something else. So, <laughs> yeah. And it looks amazing. A lot of it looks fantastic, you know, yeah. and it's so detailed and the artists, a lot of them are so talented, right. Mm -hmm. And doing this amount of detail in this amount of space. And it's so stunning, you know, but then I'm, you, we know, we know that's going to change. You know, yep. we know that that, so I'm hoping, my hope is, is that the artist is counseling the client and mm. telling them that, you know, like this is beautiful now, but this will happen. I know? hope so. We're going to all those hopes. <laughs> yeah. That's what we hope, right? It's like as soon as people started being called canvases and they, I don't know, it's like my yeah. argument right. on this stuff. They get that depersonalization. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I hate that. And it just mm -hmm. bothers me. Like you just sit I hate there, it shut too. up, and do this. Yeah, yeah. I've had yeah. a couple of people come in and tell me, you know, I want to be your canvas, and I'm like, don't use the word. I don't yeah. like it. You know, yeah. I don't. I, I, you know, you're you're a human being. It's not that you're canvas, and it it matters to me that you like what you get. Yeah. You know, I want you're wearing it. I'm not. You know, <laughs> so. It's not my tattoo. Yeah, I'm. Ugh. I've had people ask me to do that. I've done it a couple times in you know my early years, but I usually I'm like, what is your wife going to think about it, or what is your <laughs> husband, or uh, somebody someday is going to be upset by that, you know? Uh, right? grandma? What's your grandmother going to think? <laughs> yeah, grandmother. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, that's wild. Well, that's that's really cool. I don't know if that's. Maybe just what's because of the TV shows, like as I wrote that question yeah. about commodification of stuff, like we've taken tattooing, it's kind of become like a fast fashion thing now where people think yes. it, it's not permanent. Like it'll, we can get it lasered off, which is not safe. <laughs> we can yeah. do, you know, all of this stuff and it's it's just temporary. Like uh, Brian sent me an article about that startup where they had the, the ink that was sure to degrade and fade away in 12 months time. And it's not. Mm. <laughs> oh. The invisible tattoo. Yeah. yeah, the invisible ink, right? That yeah. too. Yeah, I, you know, all those things, like even the, excuse me, the, the glow in the dark stuff, you know, 
I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't do that at the beginning because I tried it on a couple of people, right? Mm. But like, then I started thinking about, gosh, how dangerous is this? Yeah. You know, this is not yeah. safe in the body. You no. know, it can't be. It no. cannot be safe. Um, so people, you know, things like that, I'm like, I don't think it's a great idea. You know, I, uh, it's hard, you know, because we have so many types of people and personalities of people in the business. Everybody's going to do their thing. And that's what we, we want that in the world. You know, we want everybody to be an individual and be safe and be able to do what they want. But also we have to consider the fact that uh, we're working on someone else. You know, it's a, it's a collaboration in its own way. Yeah. It's, you know, right. Yeah. It's their, yeah. it's their tattoo. It's their idea. It's what they're wearing, you know, and it's yeah. for them. It's not, it, I'm doing it and I want to do my best job, but it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for my photo, you know, although yeah. that photo is important to me for my business, right. And getting more work, they walk out the door. It belongs to them. You know, it's part of them. It's what, what they represent. So it, it's hard for me sometimes when I, you know, uh, think about that, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. yeah. We said, uh, Brian and I were, uh, we started the show like a year ago. And I think at the start of that, it was that I was doing that heavy duty consultation process with people. We were taking people, <laughs> yeah, Brian's already laughing. It was ridiculous, right? Like I have some people, even right now, I've been working with for 18 months to try and distill down the empathy of design because they, they're not visual in their brain, right? They're visual like physically mm -hmm. and they have a feeling that they're trying to achieve with design. And so through my process, which is just, it's, it's overboard, try to remove all of my bias and just be a funnel for them, right? So it's just technical uh -huh. application only. I'll tell you, it's tough. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, man, I wish I could just blast some flash for the rest of the time. But the outcomes I've seen when people have more control over their things, they're not treated like a canvas. It's just better. Like they enjoy the yeah. piece more. They're engaged more. It's like they they have ownership of it. Then it's not just you owning a part of them. You know, like they yeah. are a part of it as well. <clears throat> it can get overwhelming because sometimes you're going to have yeah. people bring you their reference and, and you <sighs> only have so much time to read the book. You know, it's like, oh, oh, God, yeah. Oh, you God, know? yeah. <laughs> and oh. I mean, yeah, no, I, I want to do the best job I can, but yeah. uh, I have to tell people, okay, I can't, I don't, I don't really, it's not that I don't care, I don't have the time to yeah. read all of that. So let's narrow it down and tell me, you know, what do you, what does it mean? Uh, briefly, you know, mm. it's a briefly. <laughs> and, and, well, what are you looking to have done? And then right. we can, you know, I, I don't want to, I could never do that, what you're doing 18 months to figure <laughs> the design out. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. a therapy session. We have a lot of people who've, once they started hearing about the process is what we call it now, uh, who've suffered like some major trauma and they're trying to work through it as a way of doing that. So it's turned into like yeah. this, this therapy thing. We work with um, like Shared Hope, uh, like covering brands and uh, like sex trafficking okay. tattoos and stuff. So there's like, okay. You know, okay. Very well, it's a different thing. Yeah. And then just normal clients like you're about to like, this is great. You know, I want to figure it out, but it, mm. it starts to like on my client side, it starts to narrow out the type of people I can actually work with, you know, cause it's yeah, just true. like this, this thing That's where true. I don't have some 19 year old kid coming in and just like, I want to get a skull on my neck. Like no one talks yeah. to me about that stuff. So yeah. I wish. No. 
yeah, there you, to yeah. <laughs> we did, we had a museum down here in our area called Mola Museum, um, Museum of Latin American Art. Mm -hmm. They did an exhibition called Ink, and this is kind of in would have been in your field. So what they did is they took traumatized people who had traumatizing events in their life, whatever that may be, you know, and they had them come in and everybody wrote in and told their stories and they picked six of them. Yeah. And then they, they took them through the library of the museum and let them look through all the catalog of art Oh wow! and pick out, you know, six things that represent your feeling about this event or mm -hmm. what, what the traumatizing thing was. Right. And then they took those people and chose six tattoo artists and each tattoo artist read the story and looked at the art and connected to a certain person, oh, right you on. know, so six artists, six clients. And then the artist and the client got together and did basically what you do. Yeah. And we tried to filter it down to the meaning of a healing idea yeah. that brought them out of that bad feeling or bad situation and created in a tattoo. And then we did that at the museum. Oh, that's you know? awesome. Like live. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it was super that's cool. cool. <laughs> and then they, you know, showed the art and what was created for the tattoo and had the person's story. And then they filmed us, you know, while we we're doing it. And the person was telling their story and we told our story. And there was so much crying you know, just horrible events that some of these people have been through, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was a really great, great storytelling type yeah. of way to, to uh, share tattoo, but it <laughs> relates to what you do. Day? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> um, I mean, we do a lot of that in our business in general, yeah. right? There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. a lot of it but every day i think it would must weigh super heavy on your you know your emotional yeah. soul like i'm i'm a pretty sensitive person so i would have so much weight with that Why do you think you i'm know? an alcoholic <laughs> i would i would feel so good about helping the people it's yeah. like you know i've done over the years a lot of i used to do a ton of areola reconstruction you mm -hmm. know and on cancer patients you know and uh, that was so satisfying or, you know, covering scars from traumatizing events and things like that. I've done a lot of those and those stories just bring you to tears, yeah. you know, and, you know, but a lot of the tattoos we do like portraits of past people and mm. the stories connected to that. There's so many things that are so emotional. And when you're, for me, when I'm tattooing, those emotions from the person, I soak that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I soak that up. And I know a lot of artists do. You know, it's like if they're feeling that heavy weight, it goes just soaks right into you. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really hard. You know, I can't imagine having to every single day do that. I would have to just be like, oh, cleansing bath, <laughs> cleansing bath, you know, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, Brian, <laughs> see, just going. <laughs> 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 There's a cool part yeah. about the, the like weird autistic brain that I have where I'm not an infant. So <laughs> it matters to me. Yeah, there you go. That's, That's what you need. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do have to jump off of here. It's 11.35 my time, and I got to get set up and stuff for my appointments. Okay. okay. So, it was nice to see you. Nice to yeah, chat. It's been great yeah. chatting with you. I uh, look forward to listening to the rest of the podcast if you guys record more. And hopefully yeah. you have an awesome day. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. so, too. I'm uh, heading off on a bicycle ride afterwards. It's my day off today. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Work my knee, you know, that <laughs> dancing thing. <laughs> yeah, right on, dude. All right, guys. Yeah, see you, see you later. Uh, are you cool still talking with me just for a few more minutes? Yeah. All yeah. right. Awesome. Thanks, dude. That was, that was good yeah it's it's nice hearing someone else say that they've that they that they feel that right and i spent i spent so much time trying to come up with a method to try and uh like i guess combat what i was seeing happening in the industry where everyone was doing this canvasization if that's a word or whatever yeah. of the clients yeah. and i was just like man this is this is not the right way to do it you know you have to connect somewhat yeah. with the person you're working with because like I, my, my specialty is polishing turds. So I used to do reworks and fixing up and large scale design, okay. but back in the day. So every time I do a, a piece with somebody, even when you fix it, they still have to go through all of that history to get up to the point where they can enjoy it. So they still remember that person. And even if it was a good tattoo, you're having to like repair, fix or cover. They're like, this guy was an asshole. And you remember that for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's absolutely like, right. Oh, yeah so, so many people say yeah. that you know when they come in and they're like yeah I, it brings back such bad memories because of this yeah. you know while they were getting it done and you know that's more and more too i'm seeing a lot of you know clients will come in and talk about tattoo personality of yeah. when they walk in a shop and how they're you know just assholes and dicks and <laughs> you know bad. you know they're nobody's kind you no. know the there's none of that you know i mean there is that but it's it's getting less and less you know so i think yeah. it's important to you know it's super important to just be nice to your person yeah. you know yeah. yeah as that that uh falsity when you first start especially if you're you're going through it from the idea of like a, a tv show was the bridge for you into the the industry where you think that there's a level of freedom autonomy and creativeness in tattooing mm -hmm. that is just inside of yourself that you don't have to share mm -hmm. and that's not like we're we're production artists <laughs> you know like for like we're, we're a trade as we've said a lot on the show is like yeah. you're like a plumber or an electrician like you wouldn't have a job unless somebody's paying you to do it you know yeah no it's absolutely true uh, you know you <laughs> that's absolutely true you know because you're only value you're not of value unless people come to you without that other side you're nothing yeah you know i mean <laughs> tattoo on fake skin all day i guess but you know <laughs> right what do you think about that stuff oh i hate it so much <laughs> it's uh <laughs> oh. you know i mean I mean, the like I said, the first time I ever worked with that was for the Natural History Museum, and I tattooed that silicone arm, and they developed this specific formula for the one that they had. Was it felt a lot like tattooing really real skin? That's awesome. It was it was pretty cool. Now yeah. the stuff you buy from the suppliers like that, yeah, uh, it's it's not the same. You know, it it doesn't have the same drag or feel to it. You know mm. that that things do, but what I think that's good for is new people learning, yep. you know, I think it's good for that. You, you can practice the movements, you know, practice 
drawing, pulling a straight line or, yeah. you know, thickening a line without <clears throat> having to, you know, go on to a body and mess somebody up. <laughs> yeah. Like we all you know, had but, to. <laughs> but, you know, I, I used, like I said, I trained people mm. so differently. So, you know, back when I trained people, we didn't have those mm -hmm. things. So, you know, we went from paper and then it was during the, you know, there was tribal, right? Or yeah. there was things that were going to be covered up or there was things that were going to be redone. So I would get volunteers to come in with that lined out bad piece yeah. and we would practice in the middle oh. and then in the Walk middle the of, top it. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And cool. then I would go ahead and fix the piece for them, yeah, you know, yeah. like, or, or finish it or cover it up or whatever. That's you know, really but smart. we would, we wouldn't leave. We wouldn't, I would never say, here's a machine tattoo this person, you know, because <laughs> when, <laughs> when that tattoo goes on the skin and my apprentice does their fast first tattoo, I want it to look good. Yeah. I want somebody to say, wow, I got this great tattoo, Yeah. you know? So by the time they hit actual skin, they know what they're doing, That's you know? Cool. Yeah. They already know. They do that first tattoo. They already know how to line. They know how to shade. They know how to blend. You know, they learned it in the middle of some tribal that is now solid black or yeah. whatever, you know. So uh, I never had an apprentice do a bad tattoo. Nice. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Started PPE <laughs> and never had a bad apprentice tattoo. That's, That's right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they just got better from there, you know, because uh, then it becomes like learning the, the actual skin. They've already learned it some, yeah. learned placement, balance, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, those first ones are just like, boom. Yeah. Do a lot of those, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. 500 of these this big. I'm going to go up to yeah. something this big and slowly start scaling yeah. out. I uh, actually think that most... This is just my opinion, so I don't upset anybody, but I think that most people who train people train people wrong. Oh, you shots know? fired. There we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think I, I think that handing somebody a tattoo machine and say, just do it or tattoo yourself, there's there's better roads yeah. to travel. You know, yeah. there's safer ways and you know, so they, they feel more confident, you know, build the confidence first, you know, yeah. help them to feel good about what they're doing. So when they actually do that first tattoo, they do a good one. They're know? being set up for success. Exactly. All the way through. You yeah. do it with our kids, right? Yeah. We hope well, we to. We hope so. <laughs> you know, we hope. You know, it's kind of what we want to do. We know that's the better way to go about it. So that's the way I think tattooing should be taught. Yeah. 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 Do you think that there's like a loss of apprenticeship in the industry? That's like like true apprenticeship as things have evolved? Uh, it's still there. It's very rare, you know, yeah. um, because now it's being done. Um you know, there's tattoo schools popping up, right? And yep. there's, yeah, you guys have them up there, right? And uh, we're starting to have them down here. Here and there, people are opening those. Or it's like group apprenticeship, yep. you know? So the single one-on-one -on -one thing is being lost. Mm -hmm. And I personally love that connection. I think that's the way to learn, one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. I like starting out just me and the person. And then after some of those skills are developed, all these other artists in the shop are all very talented. And now that you've absorbed the basic techniques, you can understand what they're doing. You can understand what yeah. they're doing, that person, that person, and you can absorb that yeah. better than like, well, wait a minute, you're doing it that way. You're doing it that way. There's a, everybody's confused. Yeah. Or you're yeah. learning in a classroom. You got 20, 30 people all learning 
to tattoo in, you know, in some cases over a weekend. Yeah. Uh, what are they learning in that amount of time? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're fit for an overhaul out here of, of how the schools are set up because uh, how the health department in Oregon looks at it is that uh, tattoo schools are only here to teach you how to tattoo safe. They're not actually here to teach you how to tattoo. But right. the schools are marketing it as you can be a professional tattoo artist if you come here. And right, right. Uh, the average cost is there from twelve to twenty thousand dollars for a three month course. Uh, that usually is on <clears throat> average how long it takes three to six months, and it's cash only. Oh. So it's like, especially mm -hmm. here, we check the demographics. I sit on a, I'm like the vice chair of the health board for the body piercers and tattooers up here, um, and we look at the demographics and the the stats that we have come in. The industry is really skewed. Like, there's not a whole lot of representation, uh, right. minority-wise, especially up here. Uh, everything is just kind of like these 19 to 21 year old, especially like a female dominant, especially female female identifying dominant uh, in the marketplace as the the new mm. things are moving in. But the people who own the shops are all 35 to 53 year old white men. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> ah. I wonder if uh, you should reach out to Miss Mickey up there because um, mm -hmm. she's really really talented, knowledgeable. She's oh, been yeah. tattooing a, a long time. And mm. I know she's interested in helping the education in yeah. some way. Uh, you know, that would actually be really cool. I actually, I've been trying to yeah. do some outreach with some people because we, there, things need to change because the, the market's flooded and the, the health board looks yes. at this as like a business, right? They need to get licensors yeah. in yeah. there so we can keep funds coming and stuff. But yeah. <clears throat> we're, right now we're pushing for proctored exams. So when you come in, if you're going to have your license, you know, it's not just that you can pass a written test where 30% of the questions right. aren't actually valid. I'd actually like have somebody come yeah. in and see what you're doing. And like, yes, you did. Yes. You set up correctly, at least like, no. Yeah. You have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, you know, you know, over the years, our business, it used to be tattoo, right? It used yeah. to be tattoo. Um, and it became, okay, we need artistic side and then yeah. now we have to uh we're not only artists who tattoo we have to have medical knowledge yeah. right yeah. we have to have cleanliness right we have to learn all of that and it's we have complex. to be business people and there's so many yeah. you know there's so much going on with this yeah you know you gotta have workman's comp insurance you know you gotta have <laughs> you know all this stuff that you know when i started you know you rented a spot and you tattooed and then all of a sudden, it's like, what do you mean? I have to have uh, workman's comp insurance. I have to have employees. Though, so, yeah, these guys have to be employees. You know, yeah. our our front room staff and all of that yeah. have to have to be employees. You know, and you know the the push towards tattoo artists being employees is constantly in our face. You know, yeah. we've had uh, we get audited a lot at my shop. Um, people are surprised how many times we get audited <laughs> and. Uh, we get audited about everything. You know, it could yeah. be taxes, it could be the EDD, it could be OSHA. We've had all of these people audit our shop, you know, and yeah. we've had we've had success in every single audit, but it shows you how much you actually have to know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and all these aspects. So if somebody's learning to be a tattoo artist, yeah, you can take your driver's license test type tattoo test, right? Yeah. yeah. But you have to learn to drive the car. Yeah. Right. You have to learn to maintain the car. You have to take care of the car. You know, there's all these other things yeah. involved and they're not looking at that. They're looking at the written test 
and not the practical application yeah. and not the caring for the business. And this is same with our schools, you know, yeah. because they don't teach the kids how to live, you know, they no. don't teach them any of that. No, right? they, they same really thing in tattoo that. training. So it'd be really helpful for you guys, you know, if you got together and <clears> talked <throat> about those things and get them into play. So at least it's being done right. If it's going to be done. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I got my notes to uh, reach out here after that. Um, do, do you think that there could ever be like, I, I, I know it used to be with the NTA, like if you had a certification, you remember like it meant something, you know, there was yeah. like, it meant that you were a professional, you were vetted. And now, like, I think the APT, I don't know if they're still even around. I talked to the dude uh, a couple of years ago and he said that that's, they're going through restructuring. So I don't even know if they're, yeah. you know, still around the NTAs, like gone, all the other like yeah. professional organizations I know about, they're all gone. Like, you think yeah. we ever get back to something like that? Um, I think possibly, but uh, I'm a little fearful of what it will be. You know, yeah. I'm a little fearful of how, like the APT, when they had that, um, the idea of that was to help each other, to back each other up, you know, to be there if there was a legal situation or something like that. I was on the board there for a little while and that did carry on much past me. And I know that you know, they would get together for meetings and that was always the idea, but the community never accepted it. It's yeah. like the fear of well, what are you doing? You know, they're scared of it. Right. They felt it was uh, too much, uh, too much to handle as far as it would bring too much attention to the business, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so I think now, you know, that we've gone forward in this business, it's, it's necessary to yeah. have some sort of that organization, you know, something that monitors and makes sure people are doing proper, decent tattoos at least. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. but how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you, now you know, how do you patrol that? Yeah. It's pretty hard. There's too many uh, tattoo artists, right? Yeah. It, it like, has to, it's so big. There's 5,000 tattoo artists in Oregon. Oh my gosh. I don't <laughs> like, even, know how many there are but in long beach when when we took over the shop in the at the pike for instance there was one small shop um it was on the other side of town and that was the only shops in the town and then you know there was the lawsuit with the government in the united states that opened up tattooing anywhere mm -hmm. and so it just started Boom, 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 yeah. boom. You know, they were everywhere. And I, I'd say in our downtown region, which is 1.3 square miles, I think <laughs> yeah. we have 20 shops. Yeah, there's a lot. Wow. You know, they're just everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's super dense. A yeah. lot of like smaller private shops or like two person shops, things like that. Or is it like, because you have a pretty uh, you know, big. Most group. of these, there's those, but there's yeah. also uh, big shops, you know, that are carrying, you know, 12 15 artists you know and Jeez. but i don't know how everybody's surviving wow. honestly i do not think that everybody's making a decent living let's say maybe they're scraping by and then yeah. there's some who aren't they're just you know the newer artists they come in and it's really hard for them to build a clientele you know yeah to to keep their their schedules full it's super hard yeah yeah we need to get a, a bit of there. There was always a contraction period. I've seen like every five to ten years back, like when I started too. Like and I heard about before, you have this expansion, and everyone started 
like leave the shop, go open up their own shop, and then you'd have yes. too many shops and it would contract. Yes. Bad artists would leave, good artists would go back to the original shop that worked out, like, oh, try again next time. And it would do that. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like we've had a contraction period inside the industry for like the past 15 years or something, you know? It's just no, growing. No, because the the glory of individual studios, you know, individual private studios, you know, at least here in LA, it's, you know, we're outside of LA, but in LA proper, it's, it's massive. You know, the amount of shops they rent these beautiful, you know, studio you know apartment space yeah. out overlooking the city and you know they tattoo their clients there and it's just them and their client in this magnificent setting and so that's really hard for uh small shops to compete against yeah you know so the small shops are struggling or the shops who have been there a long time who haven't been able to do that let's say you know and they're trying we have one shop owner who's got you know three four people working there and they're trying to make a living I'm trying to carry it on yeah. the tradition, but they can't, they can't. Yeah. It's hard to get artists to come to those kind of studios anymore. You know, they don't want to work like that. They want to be uh, part of a collective or a cooperative. They want to have like the, the splits now are gone. I've seen a lot of people doing away with that. Just like booth rentals are kind of the ways to go because, and that's smart too, because people don't remember how the original pay structure was and tattoo shops. So <laughs> yeah, it's to be a lot yeah. different, right? Yeah, we still have shops doing the split out here, you know, but the the we have a lot of investors opening shops now, so they're not necessarily tattoo artists, you know, they're investor owned, right? So if you have an investor owning a shop who is not a tattoo artist, they come in and they're like, um, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to give you all your supplies and we're going to pay all this and we're going to, you know, give you, you know, 80% of your your money you bring in whatever mm. and then those artists you know they're like uh just cranking in money and then we have the other type of shops that are running it more business-like so they have a front office person say and they dole out the tattoos to you know bobby you're doing this tattoo at three o'clock you know fred oh, yeah. you're doing this tattoo at Five, Wilma, you know, you got this tattoo coming in at one, and then right after that, you got this one, and one person schedules them all out. Yeah. You know, so we got those kind of shops coming in, and the guys who are running, you know, the standard shops where, you know, they're working 60 40 or whatever yeah. they're doing, they aren't, they're struggling so bad. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I remember I worked 30 70 for a period of time. <laughs> Yeah. When I first started, you get 30% shop keep 70. I'm like, cool. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I've heard of that. And uh, uh, that's really, really hard to, I didn't have to do that. Thank God. But uh, <laughs> I was pretty lucky, you know. Yeah, just booth rental right from the start? No, no. no it was a percentage, but, um, you know, I only worked. So I started tattooing in 79, but um, I started, I was still learning basically in the first shop i went into i just worked weekends and it was 60 40 split and i got 60 no yeah. right but i just worked weekends i worked two days and i had a regular job during the week yeah. you know and I, I did that for uh, a couple of years until i could save and save up enough and then one of my bosses actually told me that i should consider being in my own studio because everything that came in it was kind of 
you know, I was, I was young and I had that mentality, like I would listen and, you know, they'd be consulting with the client and the, the artist would be like, Oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, I'll do it. I can do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I can, I can do it. Right. Uh, and I, I just started doing that a lot. Like I can do it. I think I can do that. You know? So I had that, I think I can do it mentality. Yeah. I think we just, we're almost at our two hour mark too. I don't want to keep you too long. This has actually yeah. just been fun talking with you. Like, thank Super you. Fun. Yeah. This is, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, ex I don't know. Like you always build up your mind about how people are before you meet them. And you were like the most down to earth, fucking cool person. I get to tell season. Thank you. No, she is that fucking cool. Like straight Thanks. up. That's awesome. I appreciate that. You know, it, we're, we're just tattoo artists after all, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. We're tattoo artists, you know, and I come from a very, very small living, you know, and yeah. when I started, you know, and we, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I think about it differently. Like I don't, I don't ever want to be rock star mentality. I don't want to have that, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't want to. Yeah, that's a great place to stop. our generic outro track thank you everyone for listening remember please go give us a like subscribe review on any of the podcast players or platforms that you enjoy listening to us on and uh thanks yeah thanks thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it we'll talk to you again next week